Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, more discussion of the minor Conan O'Brien character Shoeverine than you will ever hear on any other podcast ever. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Very exciting guest on today's program, Jordan. Yeah. Extremely <laughs> exciting guest. To the max exciting guest, Jordan. This is what they call a get in the biz. They would call this a get. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah, <laughs> you're too kind. <laughs> we were we were um we were trying to build up so that you would use that uh, thank you guys voice that you oh, just yes, did. Oh yes, it's a, yes, a deep <laughs> that's, resonant tone. That's the classy act voice, uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Brian Stack. Welcome to the show, Brian. Thanks for having me, Brian, Thanks a writer. So. I was about to say for late night with Conan O'Brien, but maybe you've heard of a little show, Jordan, called The Tonight Show. Oh sure. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're close for personal friends with the Jack Parr then. Oh yeah, it's a. It's franchise. been a while since I've watched TV. Um, From the writer for The Tonight Show, Mr. Brian Stack What a joy to have him here Thank you very much You may have also seen his acting work on television programs uh, Like 30 Rock And I don't know if you've acted on any other television programs I did a little bit part on The Office Your character recurred on 30 Rock, right? It was such a nice surprise I thought Because the first time I was on I was just sort of like a, a straight man in a scene that so that Tina could embarrass herself kind of thing. And then I, it was just such a nice surprise you used, to come back because I they, loved the show. They utilized your 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 Midwestern uh, good looks and everyman charm. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. Uh, yeah, it was really, it was a nice surprise to come back because I, I, I love the show and so many of the people now, involved with it. This must have been a problem for you, Brian. When, when you found out that uh, Conan was going to move to the West Coast, um, you had to weigh this... The incredible opportunity of this recurring part as uh, a guy who sort of walks into a scene from time to time on 30 <laughs> Rock versus your career as a writer. It must have been difficult for you to essentially give up your performer's ambitions yeah. forever. Yeah, I, I would like to think I might have come back. Uh-huh. Like, I, I came back basically once once a season, but uh, I don't know if they even would have brought... Howard Jorgensen back. It wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't like Dr. Spichemin, like a, you know, a, a hit recurring character. Yeah. He was just a guy who would like walk in and get blamed for something and then walk out. But I love doing it. it I have a, okay, guys, I have a concern that's going on. I'm worried right now a little bit about evil wizards um, and possibly an evil wizard doing something to me. Uh, I'm going to tell you why. Jordan, I know you look, you look confused. I'm not a superstitious man. No. You know what I mean? I'm not concerned about withers, wizards generally good or evil. This is why I'm I'm concerned. The, uh, a couple of weeks ago, in the middle of the night, I do not know this, but my wife reports to me that I reached over to the bedside table, grabbed a box of Kleenex, and then gave it to my wife in bed. Middle of the night, gave my wife a box of Kleenex. <laughs> now, I don't know what that means. I don't know why the wizard would t- make me do that, but... Last night, my wife reported to me that in the middle of the night, I woke her up because I was laughing uproariously. Mm. As she said, not in the way that a person who is asleep would laugh. And then she looked over at me 
I did a little robot dance. <laughs> like, <laughs> did you make the noise while you're doing the dance, or that's kind of the quality that the dance had? Is that? It was a no. I don't think I made the noise. I I think I was maybe still laughing. Okay, those are. But though in that. Just to clarify what the noise was, those are like the robot's joints squeaking. Yeah, that was okay. the... But, well, that was... I mean, obviously, the people in the audience uh, who are listening right now can't see me doing the moves. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that they're symbolizes... It's like a karate yeah, very, chop. They are very good moves. They are. Just, it's a robot-style karate chop, is how I would call <laughs> the move that I was doing. I have no memory of this at all, and the only explanation that I can think of is evil wizards. I mean, I'm, I'm open to other possibilities. That, that would be my guess. Right, exactly. See, Brian is a professional professional television writer. He knows about wizards. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I'm deeply, I'm, I'm very familiar with the mythology. Going sure. Back. Here's, here's my just thoughts. I feel okay. like unless I hear evidence for wizard, I'm not prepared to rule out hypnosis vampire uh-huh. or king witch. Okay, so that's a good point. I, I just want to hear a good argument for you because that's a very specific kind of you know magical being. I don't know, right? And there's a lot of things that can you know. Do you think there's some kind of connection mind? between these two activities that I've undertaken uh, apparently while under this spell? That's another issue that I'm that I've been struggling with. Like we know, for example, uh, from uh, his hit one man show, Sleepwalk with Me, that Mike Birbiglia had to fight some kind of hyena j- flying jackal. Um, in his sleep. And that seems like something that that's that's you wouldn't immediately say flying wizard to that or evil wizard to that because, you know, somebody is just having a nightmare. Yeah. What was what nightmare could prompt me to do take undertake those two activities, hand my wife the box of Kleenex and do a robot dance while laughing uproariously? Hmm. Well, one is thoughtful. Right. Well, that's here's the thing. I feel like those are there two. One is thoughtful. Sure. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And I mean. one is just plain masturbatory. Uh-huh. Like you may as well have been masturbating. <laughs> if you're going to laugh at your own dance. Maybe, but what about this? Maybe Totally selfish. Maybe uh, under the spell, and, as, and again, I don't remember any of this. This has just been reported to me secondhand, and I have no reason to mistrust my wife, who's a very trustworthy person. I mean, you met her, Brian. Yes, she seems trustworthy, lovely right? Woman. Yes, she's a straight shooter. She might be trying to steal your money with these lies. Do you think it's possible that I was... In in my mind, under this wizard spell, that I had seen someone who moved in the in a robot like manner, and I was laughing at them, and then doing a mean impression of them. Hmm. Or yeah, yeah. possibly, what if I was seeing a real robot, like maybe an assembly line robot or something like that, and th- that robot, and I was I was making fun of it because it didn't have the fluidity of movement that a human does. <laughs> hmm. I think we just have. To- we need just need more information from Teresa. Like, did you have a boner? Okay, <laughs> sure. We should That's going to enter into it. Check in with Teresa. Well, I mean, I'm going to guess I probably did have a boner. I mean, I'm I'm this is I'm making an I'm making a leap of faith, but it's a modest leap of faith. I don't <laughs> think it's I don't think I'm really like this is a safe bet. I'd put it 85 to 15 sure. that I had a boner at the time. Uh, well, yeah, then I think you were just laughing at how funny you were. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you get a boner, Jordan? 
<laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Brian, you're a professional comedy writer. When you get a boner, it's mostly because you made a great joke, right? Oh, yeah, that's that's usually the source of my arousal. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Mike Birbiglia, who you mentioned, former intern at Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Wow. Yeah, wow. many years... Uh, my first year there, actually, like 97. I didn't know Sorry that. Mike Birbiglia and Dimitri Martin, also a late night with Conan O'Brien, former intern, right? Uh, I know Dimitri was an intern at The Daily Show. He was a writer at our show, but he was... I, uh, thought, he was a, I thought he was an intern on both. That well, was my memory. He might have been. Before I was there, Andy Blitz was an intern before I was there, like the first season of the show. <laughs> actually, we had a few few people at the office, too. John Krasinski was an intern, Mindy Kaling, Angela well, Kinsey. Wow. Ellie Kemper, who's the new receptionist, they were all... That's impressive. So it's a, it's a good program. You, you know what <laughs> Not I that was, the internship had anything to do with their success. But, <laughs> I was but an intern nice on, to the, to ignore. on the yeah. Sarah and No Name show on KISS FM in San Francisco. <laughs> I was an intern at a cable access company in suburban Chicago, <laughs> which was... <laughs> uh, I, I like you shaking. Yeah, what do you do? What, what What is the intern for the cable access? Uh, do you... Does the like conspiracy theory guy need a specific kind of latte every day we were supposed to do like features on uh local businesses and <laughs> it was uh, although i did do an interview with the improv guru del close so that was the one thing that made oh, wow. the whole experience worthwhile um when i took my first improv class but uh most of it was like i did a profile on a fish tank cleaning company <laughs> so it was just you didn't really do I a was, profile on a fish tank cleaning company i wish i could say i was kidding but, um, what was no, your but, angle? I think How it was clean literally they get just, the fish tanks? Oh, it was ridiculous. It was just like they would say, well, th- these people will do it. It was usually like who would do it. And, like, <laughs> but Dell, I happened to be in a beginner's improv class, and so I got to do an interview with him. And that was – got to study with him a little later on, but he was uh, – he's obviously an incredibly important guy in that field, uh, just a brilliant guy. And so I was real lucky to have that and to have uh, – have it on tape is great. Jordan, didn't you, weren't you interning for a while in like the office of the guy who thought of all of those lowest, com- like all of those nightmare reality shows from like an, 2001 on Fox? Yeah. Like who uh, wants to shoot a midget or whatever? Yeah. Um, well, I had an internship uh, between my kind of junior and senior year of college at uh, at Fox, at the Fox development office, which was a really, really good experience. And I, I attribute the fact that I got low-level showbiz jobs out of college to the internship. But like right after I got out, um, you know, I called them and I said, hey, I'm, I'm out of college you know, ready to work. What do you, what do you got? And they say, well, we don't really have anything full time yet, but we kind of have this, one of our executives has kind of a think tank of young show business people. Uh, and he, you know, he deals with reality shows and you can come in and, um, uh, you know, and you, and you can come in and just pitch reality show ideas and you have an open forum. And if they like one, they'll work with you on one. And, you know, Blah blah blah. Anyway, seemed like a good I you know, I I have, you know, zero interest in the competition based reality show, but uh, uh it seemed like a good way to kind of keep keep just keep my face in the office uh and stuff like that. And um uh yeah Jordan it, likes more narrative reality shows, the kind, you know, like a real housewives or something <laughs> like exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. Uh, MC Hammer is sad. Mm-hmm. Uh that's, that's <laughs> I'm real excited about that. Um Anyways, and they this... They gave that one a surprisingly descriptive name. 
Yeah. MC Hammer is mm-hmm. sad. That's the name of his new show? Yeah, well, probably. And oh. Jordan says it is. <laughs> That's what I think. I, yeah. I'm always ready to believe. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the poster is him. Uh, it was just him in a Transformers sleeping bag eating a Hostess cupcake. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and this was... Gosh, this was right. This was right on the lip of reality shows being super sleazy. I think that the one I, that they I were question, just. I have yeah, one yeah. more question about rappers with reality shows. You may. Do you think that after Ask like it. you know Master P on his like cribs, one of his things besides having gold ceilings was that little <laughs> little Romeo had his own Bentley. But it was it was before Little Romeo could drive, so it was like a <laughs> golf cart Bentley, but it was like a go kart Bentley. You know what oh I mean? Like God. a little tiny that he could ride around in. Really? Um, do you think that after like the No Limit Empire crumbled, that Master P just had to sell his real Bentley and drive around in Little <laughs> Romeo's go kart Bentley? Hey, I don't know. Is, the, is it street legal? Uh, well, you know, I mean, a lot of stuff that you know, Master P, Percy Miller, he's comfortable doing some stuff that's not street legal. That's how mm. he built his empire, if you yeah. know what I mean. Mm. I didn't know it collapsed. Yeah, that's how it, it that's collapsed. How informed I am about the hip hop world. Well, no, it's just because <laughs> I, I have to make a lot of assumptions in that regard too. Uh, <laughs> it's just because Brian, I understand completely. You're still, I mean, you're such a big Sea Murder fan oh. that your <laughs> fandom has blinded you to the collapse of the No Limit Empire. I did know that Sea Murder was charged with murder, which uh-huh. I always love. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that was <laughs> he was he got caught like, on video. Murdering someone. It's like M- MC Larceny. Or just like, it'd be nice if everybody could just stick to their name and just, <laughs> sure. just commit crimes that are consistent with their moniker. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Jordan. So you were working on this No, no, that's okay. Lot. And it was, uh, and yeah, this was really on the lip of like when, you know, when the reality show was at its most distasteful. And I guess maybe, you know, because of cable, it's kind of swung back around again with it. But this was like before the, you know, uh, you know, sluts make out with a minor celebrity. The show shows uh-huh. came on. Uh, anyways, but yeah, this was like when Monica Lewinsky was hosting reality oh, okay. shows. Um, what reality show did Monica know, Lewinsky host? Gosh, something where something with plastic surgery and really? secret masks. Wow, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it definitely, yeah. Um, Something with plastic surgery and secret masks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, to when the best of my knowledge. To the best of my knowledge, As soon as you said secret masks, I just imagined, um, I, I just imagined Monica Lewinsky in like a restoration uh, like a uh, period reality show, like maybe like a Jane Austen themed reality show where it's like a comedy of manners. Or eyes and, wide shut. Yeah, kind of like thing. people are show like the people are, you know, kissing each other, but they're below or above each other's station. Sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> and a woman is masquerading as a man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In order to publish a book of prose. So, yes, Jordan, so, so it was the it was the low point of uh, the comedy. I mean, the reality. Yeah, show. yeah. This was this was really when it was um, when it was bad. And here is and I didn't do this for too long. I actually got my first. PA job a couple of months into this and, and was able to quit, uh, thank goodness. Um, but while I was there, the main thing being considered, like here was the one that's like, we're pushing this through. Like this is going to be it. This like, was priority yeah, one. Yeah, this was the one that everybody was really excited about and kind of the idea that, you know, all of their ideas were compared to was 
Um, childless couples compete for a supermodel's eggs. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Honest to god, well, I could see that pitch being a home run. Yeah, like you walk in and just pitch that too. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. And they just start pounding on their desk like apes as soon as they hear that. Uh, Didn't you have a, I remember you having a pitch for a dating, like a walkie-talkie dating show. Yeah, mine, the, the one that I did that uh, pe- people were just kind of generally not interested in my ideas, but the one that kind of people kind of liked a little bit was a dating show where um, the woman never, or, or the man never saw the woman, but she communicated with him via two-way radio like they only talked over walkie-talkies during the dates and the other walkie-talkie was tied around the neck of a shirtless fat guy (laughs) Um, and that's how they went on the dates Um, and that they were kind of interested in that mainly because i took some pictures of uh of shirtless fat guys with uh walkie-talkies around their necks that they thought were kind of funny (laughs) um it must have been exciting to live in this world where you have really and truly have carte blanche to do suggest anything. <laughs> I mean anything. The the like now it, 2009. A lot of ideas have been done. Some ideas have they've actually found the boundaries of taste to some extent. But this was a wild west. You could suggest yeah, anything for sure, <laughs> totally. And and kind of and kind of the last the last meeting I went to in that thing. You could really, you really could tell that Rome was burning. In that they kind of had this thing, like, well, you know, America is kind of on to the sleazy reality show, and you know, they want to start doing more uplifting things. Like, there's these makeover shows where you know the poor family gets the new house and extreme home makeover. Yeah, and like you know, Biggest Loser, where everybody is inspired by the losing of the weight. Uh, And yeah, and it seems like that at least network. TV is now has these kind of positive reality shows where you get to root for somebody and the, you know, sleazy uh, make outery is kind of uh, resigned to cable TV. Anyways, I, hey, what's nice about it is that they put they add that uplifting element to something that is nonetheless sort of terrifyingly exploitative. Like sure. they just add a, they just they just make sure that people they're really providing people with cover. Right, like they're not—they're not actually yeah. making an uplifting yeah, you just, program. Uh, you just stick a Coldplay song in there at the end. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everything's fine. Uh, that'll take care of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's, the, it's the Band-Aid. Showbiz, huh, gang? Yep. Uh, we'll be back. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse goes me and Jordan, and we got Brian Stack here from a little show called The Tonight Show. We'll be back in just a sec. <laughs> It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. With us. Uh, Brian Stack? Yeah, you can't, you <laughs> can't make up a nickname if you want to. We, oh, I should. I should, I should give yeah. that some thought. Yeah, when I say can, I mean you really should. Yeah, if you don't, it'll like... <laughs> it's going to reflect We're not going to kick you out, but we're going to like talk shit about you later. Captain Mystery? We're going to spit in your yep. food. No, no, well, yeah. Captain Mystery? Yeah, I think just say it with a little oh. more confidence and yeah, you got it. Yeah, and you can we do... Well, we try again. Yeah, do over. I'm, Th- I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm Brian Stack, a.k.a. Captain Mystery. 
Yeah. I like it. I like the voice, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what people couldn't see at home is that Brian has really striking eyebrows, and he was really <laughs> he really brought one all the way up. Mm-hmm. Just, uh-huh. just one all the way up, yeah, just to signal mystery. The old yeah, Belushi eyebrow raise. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing I learned from him. I never <laughs> met him, but... <laughs> During my years with Belushi. Yeah, yeah, like... <laughs> I wish I met him. Uh, I learned two things. How to cut up a line. Yeah. And... How to how to strike an eyebrow pose? And to, yeah, to, and to be Albanian. <laughs> so three things. Yeah, the exactly. three things. <laughs> how to be Albanian? Um, it's awesome. I'm so excited to have you here, Brian. Thanks. Um, I'm so excited to have you here in the great city of Los Angeles. Um, which is uh, how long did you live in New York before you lived in Los? You're a Chicago. You're a Chicago comedy guy. Yeah, I grew up in Chicago. I, I lived in New York for 12 years, 97 until. Two months ago. Did you ever imagine yourself living in Los Angeles when you were living in New York? You know, I always knew it was a possibility down the line someplace because... Because that's how show business works. Right, yeah. And like so almost everyone I work with in Chicago lives here now. It really is like Chicago West. And so so many of our friends had made the move that I knew it was uh, you know, a real possibility at some point. And it always seemed very alien, but I like it here a lot more than I thought I would. And uh, Did you... Know, okay, let me that. ask you this question. Did you know... When, because it was such a long period of time that uh, that we knew that Conan O'Brien was going to move from uh, move to the Tonight Show, like it was like like two years or something like that, right? And did you know during that time that when the sh- when Conan moved to Los Angeles, that you would also move to Los Angeles? Like, at what point did you know you had a job in the future? You know, it was funny because like. Uh... We all were kind of operating under this assumption that, you know, hey, we've been getting along for about <laughs> over 10 years now, <laughs> and hopefully this will continue. But yeah. I, I think I was always afraid to count on it, like, until, like, Jeff Ross, you know, the producer said, oh, by the way, you're, you're going, you know, and it was just, but I didn't you were take that you were granted, working. You, you know? picked up a trade in between. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sheet metal work. And <laughs> yeah. that was good. But, uh, like, uh, I always remember Roger Daltrey saying that's what he did before the Who. <laughs> So it's stuck in my brain. Sheet metal worker. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, no, it's been, but I feel very, you know, lucky to have been able to make the move. And the, one of the nice surprises too is m- most of our staff, our office staff came too. And I was afraid that, that maybe they wouldn't be able to, that they would just take the writers or, you know, just the, the producers. And, and, um, so it was great because, you know, on a day-to-day basis, we interact with so many great people there, you know, from the photo researchers to the, you know, the, the just the general office staff and the script supervisors. And th- with I think if those people hadn't made the move, it would have been a real drag, you know. So I was so glad that most of them did. What, what, okay, so the big question when this move was happening was, what is it, how, how is it going to be different? And I wonder how did how how was it how did that how was that reflected how was that conflict or uh, uh, change reflected in the writers' room like when like how did you guys decide what was different about the show as as the Tonight Show and not as the kind of weird late night show that uh, always talked about what a failure it was right <laughs> well you know it's, we've kind of been discovering it as we go like um, and I've been pleasantly surprised that the feel of the writer's room and the way we are approaching things feels very similar to at least to how it did in the last year and a half to two years at late night, which um, I felt like there was a bit of a transition towards the end at late night, 
away from uh, a lot of the more stuff that involved a lot of casting and sketches. And, and I, I miss that, you know, to a large extent. But I also, uh, I understand that, um, especially when we were starting The Tonight Show, that you have to kind of establish Conan in, in remotes and stuff. And he's often at his funniest doing that stuff. So I completely understand why why that happened. But um, I do I do say like, I, I miss a lot of the, uh, like we used to have like, actors lying down the hall for staring contests or you know, <laughs> there'd be a civil war guy and then there'd be jesus and then a knight in shining armor <laughs> i kind of miss a lot of that stuff but uh, we still do some of it and i i uh and i it's still a, you know a great place to work and we've been i've been pleasantly surprised to see some pretty silly stuff getting back into the show if you write uh, something do you cast it yeah look, the one thing that conan and robert smigel brought over from their days at snl was that and something that I think Lauren Michaels set up many years ago is that if you're the writer at SNL or at Conan, you're kind of in charge of the piece in terms of casting, ordering things from wardrobe, uh, calling graphics, telling them what you have in mind. And uh, those departments always have great ideas of their own, you know, to, to supplement what you're asking for. And they oftentimes go above and beyond what you ask for. But um but yeah, you're kind of in charge of the piece, so it lives or dies. So you kind of have your head, yeah. Do you do you have like your go-to werewolf? Oh, like for yeah, oh, like for, if oh, you for need casting? like yeah. Oh yeah, that was that was one of the nice things, especially when I first got to New York, like with people like the UCB people who were there, like Amy and and Matt Besser yeah. and Ian Roberts. They were almost like a repertory company where you you call people in or Jack McBrary and a lot of these people that you kind of knew you could just count on and bring in for a wide variety of parts. Um, but there were certain people that you'd call in for one specific thing. Like we need the, uh, like, like the, the guy who played the Hulk for us. <laughs> we, only, we only knew one hugely muscular guy or whatever, or, uh, you know, you'd call in, uh, one guy who always would play your cop or whatever. Um, did but, the same yeah. guy play Shoeverine every single time? Shoeverine that... being Wolverine, but with yeah. loafers on his hands. I, I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud to say that is Andrew Weinberg, one of our writers. Oh, and, uh, okay. I, I actually I, I tossed in the idea of Shoeverine almost as an intentionally bad you know, idea, and it was almost cut the first the first time we did it because it was so ridiculously stupid. It was almost barely too stupid for us. It's barely a joke at all. Yeah, it is exactly. It, uh, I was almost like reluctant to even propose it um, but andrew <laughs> kills me you know when especially when they curl his hair up yeah. he's got a good thick head of hair and they just curl it up on the sides i i think about shoeverine basically once a day oh god bless you <laughs> and just 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 enjoy myself if i'm having a tough day yeah those are a lot of times my favorite things we ever did on the show were things that we were almost reluctant to <laughs> pitch or or like like brian mccann doing the fedex pope which was literally <laughs> literally something that you I could never that. think of sitting at your computer. He was just sitting in the office, and he put a FedEx <laughs> FedEx box on his head, and he started blessing us. Like, I love putting FedEx boxes on my head. Oh, yeah, and that actually grew out of VHS Corporal, which was he would put a VHS <laughs> box on his head, and it looked like a corporal's cap. <laughs> so um, those are my favorite things, just things that are too ridiculous to think of at your computer, you know? <laughs> I have I have two questions. Yeah. Um, one is, uh, I, I, no, I, I haven't watched too much of the new show. Uh, ha, are you getting to appear on stage? Because I know you had a few popular characters 
uh, in the late night version. But are you uh, are you getting to we itch that performance? We're not the ones who gave you the popular characters. You wrote them, and probably Conan <laughs> O'Brien or whatever decided that they were good enough. So there's no need oh. to thank us. Oh well, well thanks anyway. Okay, but, sure. Uh, yeah, uh, some of the characters I did were um, characters that. I kind of co-created with other people or someone else might like the traveling salesman. Andrew Weinberg originally said, how about we have stack play a, a salesman that sells terrible jokes. And <laughs> when I worked on it with Andrew and Michael Komen, it, it evolved into him selling all kinds of things you'd never want, you know? And like, but, um, no, I've done a couple things, uh, on camera, but, um, yeah, I haven't done any of the older current characters. I'm, I'm hoping we can maybe bring some back. Like I know Conan is, Definitely uh, interested in you know having the interrupter come back possibly and um, some of the other ones I'm not so sure if they'll <laughs> fit in like the the ghost crooner and things like that. <laughs> ghost crooner is pretty weird. Yeah, I, mean, I'm not, I don't gonna, know if it'll fit in. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that's not weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also he was supposedly a ghost who haunted Thirty Rock, so we yeah, have to okay, figure out yeah, why yeah. he was haunting this new <laughs> studio. He's, why he's haunting Universal Studios. Yeah, Maybe but, he died on the tram or something. Yeah, exactly. I don't he, know. Was he got eaten and... by Jaws, probably. Yeah. Presumably. Well, I did have him get murdered in various different ways. Like, he always had been murdered for his opinions, <laughs> but how, the, the, the method of that murder would change. Um, beheaded by the League of Women voters or whatever. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> but I've done a couple things, but um, I know... Uh, I'm hoping that we'll be able to do some more character stuff. Uh, I played a guy who was the head of the North Dakota um, budget surplus last week. <laughs> Jose Arroyo, one of our writers, found out that North Dakota is one of the few states that has a budget surplus, and we did a bit on that they're actually luring visitors there and murdering them and taking their money. <laughs> He's like, why don't you come visit? Why don't you come check out the budget surplus? Bring, it, bring your money. And, uh, and is that I, a North Dakota voice? I, it's completely it's vague, unfair. It's like vaguely it's, American Indian. I know. It. I think it was a mix of Fargo and ignorance. It was just. Um, it's completely unfair. Like we we should do research and like like someone wrote in was just like that has that bears no resemblance to my experience as a North Dakota person. That's how they really. Talk. That is how they talk. I've but, been uh, to North Dakota. They speak with an English accent. And the letter was very shaky because it was written on the back of a polo horse. Exactly. So that's <laughs> how they a little live. jittery. That's the Fargo lifestyle. Uh, my other question is: uh, Is the food better? Is like are the is the green room snacks and the lunches are, are those is that better now that you're you know, oh, that's a good question. I think it's, it's it's pretty much the same. I think, uh-huh. like, but I, I got to say that sometimes we'll we'll get dinner ordered in, and there there are a lot of great restaurants around here. Like I think New York always gets <laughs> credit for that more than any other city. But it, it's uh, yeah, they've been ordering some some great stuff. You probably get yeah. to hang out with Andy Richter more, so that's probably pretty cool. It's really great having Andy back. You know, in addition to just having him there as the announcer, but I do miss Joel a lot, though. I I love Joel. Um, and I wish, you know, he'd been able to make the move with us. But uh, but it, on the other hand, it's great having Andy back. Uh, in addition to being the announcer and, and doing a great job, he, he's always got so many great ideas for, you know, Is it wrong? This is, an, this is an open question to both of you. Is it wrong that I like Andy Richter even better than Conan O'Brien? I mean, I'm a Conan O'Brien fan. <laughs> I don't want anybody to think that I'm not a Conan O'Brien fan because he's a genius of funniness. I I admire him tremendously. I don't think there's anyone who's funnier in the casual conversation of an interview. I think it's truly spectacular and amazing. But man, I just really love Andy Richter. I'm pretty sure I definitely like him better than Conan (laughs) O'Brien. 
he he's a terrific writer too in addition to his performance like i think he was hired as a writer originally at late night and he was a chicago improv guy and he was always really hilarious and really smart and um so it's great having him back just for tossing ideas around, you know. I like I like how he stands behind that podium. I, I watch a few episodes of the show so far on your Hulu.com. Oh, yeah. I got to admit, I'm not one of these young people that stays up until 11 o'clock at night to I, watch this I on live television. Yeah, I can't do that anymore either. My, my kids get me up around 6. and yeah. I don't know how anybody other than college students and prisoners can... Well, Larry Sanders does it every every night. Oh, yeah. Watches the whole oh, show. So there's Larry awesome Sanders. Show. He stands standing behind a podium. It reminds me, actually, speaking of Larry, because I've been watching, I've been rewatching Larry Sanders lately. I now find that my like intense love of uh, Larry Sanders' sidekick and and announcer, Hey Now Hank Kingsley, as portrayed by Jeffrey Tambor, has gotten mixed up with my love of uh, Andy Richter because I was just just from a couple times seeing Andy Richter announcing things from behind a podium. You know, just just like how Hank announces things from behind the the microphone. Mm-hmm. Now I'm all confused. I'm all hibbledy yeah. jibbledy. I don't know whether I'm coming or going. I think they're basically the same man. Well, you'll be even more confused because Jeffrey Tambor just shot a bit for us that oh no, I don't believe has aired yet. Um, no, but uh, it was great. Yeah, he came in and did it for uh, that. Jeffrey for Tambor is great. Oh, he is. He's I met Jeffrey amazing. Tambor. That was amazing. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. He yeah, told he... me. I asked him about Hey Now, Hank Kingsley, right? And I'm uh, definitely my favorite television character ever is Hank Kingsley from the Larry Sanders Show. Uh, this sort of uh, I know a lot of folks out there probably haven't seen the Larry Sanders Show. Hank is um, a former cruise director, uh, played by Jeffrey Tambor, who is uh, just really uh, just completely sycophantic on the television show and just a kind of desperate sad man uh, off off camera. <laughs> Uh, just completely desperate, just always doing these sad television commercials and yeah. always hanging out at, at trying to build his own theme restaurant where it rotates, but there's no windows. <laughs> Hank's, Hank's Look Around Cafe. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Brilliant so show. this really, really pathetic character just could not be more pathetic, but I, I sincerely love this character. And um, I asked, I asked uh, Jeffrey Tambor about it just ab- with absolute commitment. He said... I didn't. I didn't think he was pathetic. Like I, I just, I just put myself in that position, and I thought he made perfectly reasonable. Like he just, he just went for it. He just all the way. That's why Hank is so great. Yeah. There's no. There was not even three percent condescension yeah. in Jeffrey Tambor's regard of Hey Now, Hank Kingsley. Yeah, I think that's the only time. The the most brilliant characters. I think the actors playing him pass no judgment on him and. Just, just play him as human beings, and yeah, that's a great example. And, and I can feel that you feel that way about Andy Richter too. As pathetic as Andy Richter is, <laughs> you think oh, he's pathetic? As, no, I don't I'm think he's kidding. pathetic. I'm I don't think kidding. he's he's the great Andy Richter. Oh, you're gonna say I, I know you feel this way about Ghost Crooner? <laughs> oh yeah, I do. I wish I could say I didn't pass judgment on him. <laughs> no, you don't wish that. He says horrible things in every <laughs> sketch. Yeah, you want to pass judgment on the ghost crew. Exactly. I think that's why I always have him get murdered. You would be you would be a pretty you would be a pretty amazing you'd be Sean it would be some Sean Penn level shit. If you were able to get into the character of Ghost Crooner without any judgment at all. Yeah, that's true. This is a character kind of talent. completely <laughs> predicated on Saying something horrible, right. unspeakably horrible. Right in a 
with a Bing Crosby kind of twinkle in his eye. <laughs> well, well, that's just how I feel about the, the minorities. Uh, yeah, he's just just inexcusable. <laughs> do you like do you like the Los Angeles lifestyle, Brian? I've actually been been enjoying it. Like I think, like I said, there's so many people here uh, that we known from Chicago that have formed kind of a community out here. And there's UCB here and uh, IO West and all these. And you love the where, beach. Yeah, I actually i I love the beach. When, I can handle it when it's not super sunny. Like I, <laughs> I don't think there's anything nicer than going out to like Santa Monica and like uh, in the morning or something. Or it, it's it is really beautiful. And uh, I miss New York in a lot of ways. And I love Chicago. But uh, it I actually feel like I know more people from Chicago that live here now than in Chicago. <laughs> like right. everybody, everybody we know and worked with is out here. It seems like. And we talked we talked a little bit off mic about this, but uh, you're getting a pool, very California. Oh, well, yeah. we got a little tiny pool. Like it was one you way we could lure my daughters. Uh, I've got little daughters now, and they they uh, I think they're they're a little worried about the move. So my wife was like, we should if we get like a little pool, I think it'll help. Are you gonna <laughs> so are you gonna get a con- are you gonna get a convertible? I, I that would be wasted on me. No, I, can't I take think the you, sun. you're probably going to need a convertible. <laughs> I mean, I think don't you think you should get a convertible? I can't, uh, I can't handle the sun. I was a uh, any Hawaiian shirts? Out. Do you have any Hawaiian shirts? That that would another thing that will. How about never, any? How about any drapey Armani casual clothing, <laughs> like black silk T-shirts? I think you've named everything that will never be on me. <laughs> um, or, I no judgment against them, but uh, what about yeah. a live scorpion? Oh yeah, <laughs> just crawling go. around on your oh, face. Oh, that'll certainly yeah. be on him. Yeah, no like doubt a about man that. Man who would be king. Like, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite movies. <laughs> a scorpion. Just one of them scorpions. You know what I think you should do? Just chop the top off your current car. I don't know what I'm going to be honest. I don't know what kind of car you drive. We have a Toyota Highlander and a Toyota Corolla. Okay, so, so I just chop. I take the Highlander. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Yeah, just, just That's a mid mid right mid size full size uh, sport utility vehicle. Just chop it off. Well, you're going to want to put a rag top on there. Yeah, well, we'll give it a shot. Or what about yeah. one of those? What's that called? Brougham top, where it's like a canvas, you know? Isn't that what that's called? Like a canvas, like on a like a nineteen eighty six town car, maybe. God, you're asking the wrong. Yeah, don't know Sorry. what you're talking about. You know, you know what I'm talking <laughs> nope, about. Don't con- like... if you continue to describe it, it won't. That's not going to help. I George, guarantee. Like you take a, I guarantee you a more it, vivid description is not what we're looking like for. It's like a canvas <laughs> nope. material or like a nope. vinyl with a porthole window on the side, and you got blah, like blah, a blah. vinyl That's all I top. Blah blah blah. blah. You take a imagine a hard top, but then you cover oh, what it. What was that, in a Jesse? Gibberish? Or a, gibberish nonsense? <laughs> yeah. You sort uh-huh. of. Yeah. I apologize, Brian. It's okay. Jordan and I are really having a lot of problems. We're thinking about getting a divorce. Oh really? An I'm internet divorce. Yeah, I hope that, <laughs> that you don't have kids, do you? Uh, well, I, in some ways, I think of our shows as our babies. Well, there you go. Yeah. Our listeners. We're going to divide them up, too. I'm going to go to my <laughs> podcast, and whoever's loyal, sure as shit better come with me and not Jesse. Okay. If any of, Choose sides now, audience. If any of you fuckers goes with Jordan, say goodbye to the baseball season tickets I was going to buy for you. Ooh. Oh uh, shit! They don't like baseball. Show as We're a talking football. about podcast listeners. They hate baseball. Yeah, if you come with my show, then I'll come to your rally to legalize ferrets. Because uh, <laughs> right. that's what you're into. Jordan, if if you listen to Jordan's show, you'll finally have someone to play Herzog's Spy with you. Yep. What is Herzog's Spy, <laughs> by the way? What I don't know why I don't see why this has to come up so much. Herzog's Vi is a game for the Sega Genesis. Because you're obsessed with Herzog's Vi, that's why. 
it's a it it is a real time strategy game. A good uh, uh, a good you know a good parallel might be uh, a Command and Conquer or a World of Warcraft. It's a very kind of it's a very simple real time strategy game. But kind of the really fun element is that you uh, control a character within the army, which and usually in those games you're kind of a you know you're a, a god or a general. Force. Yeah, controlling things with a cursor, but in this you get to actually be a character and help out during some of the fighting, which is very fun. And uh, yeah, there's never been an update, never been a sequel. Uh, it's not downloadable as far as I know. Well, so, my listeners... A classic video game, I'll to be show sure. you how to tie a bow tie, because I know how to I, tie a bow tie. I need to learn how to do that. You don't know how to tie no, a bow tie? I'm embarrassed to say. It seems like <laughs> that, would be a, that would be one of the top things you would know how to do for your character acting career. I know, like, our wardrobe guy would always tie that bow tie on me for <laughs> Paris to say. <laughs> I, yeah, I wouldn't know how to do that. I can't imagine being able to tie a bow tie backwards. That's a, Did he stand behind you and reach in front of you? Or he's did he... good. Bruce Bromwich. He's, he's oh, a, Bruce. Sure. Bruce, you know. Oh, one of the best. Double he B. Is. He's one of the best. He's a legend. A real class act. He would tie my ascot for the, that fantastic guy character, too. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm helpless without oh, him. Speaking <laughs> of one of the best, guess who works on The Tonight Show now? Our friend Jimmy Pardo from Never Not Funny. Yeah, oh. it's good, man. I just met him when he started. I oh, had never you met get, him before. get to hang out with Jimmy Pardo. Now, that's fun. Yeah, it that's really is. That's what I call fun. I, we got to hang out with Jimmy Pardo a little bit this past weekend at Max FunCon. That's a good time. Oh, yeah. He's a great guy. I never never knew him before. A class act, warming up that audience, making a, asking people to wear a hard shoe, I don't a know, pant. I don't know how anyone does that. Like, that must be... I, that's a job I could never do. He's like, a masterful. Brian McCann used to do it, and Mike Sweeney, our head writer, used to do it in New York. And I, oh, they used to make fun of me in Chicago if I had to go out and stall and talk to the crowd. <laughs> I couldn't do it. So I have the highest respect for that. We're having fun, huh, Jordan? Mm-hmm. We got Brian Stack here. Yep. We got Jordan Morris here. Sure. Of course, the great Jesse Thorne is here. <laughs> we'll be back. Coco's in... running around somewhere. <laughs> for her. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Very excited about this uh, sponsor we have this month, uh, VGKids.com. Mm-hmm. I like to imagine that it stands for very good kids. That's one theory. What is there? Are there other theories? Do you have a theory? Maybe that's somebody's initials. VG. Yeah. But then who are who's the who are the kids? Hey, I don't. I, don't I know. think it's a I statement about the quality of kids overall. Brian's with me. He's nodding. Yeah, I, I think uh, that's that would be my theory. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm open to. I I, like, I don't know. I just don't want to be closed-minded. About Jordan, this. I'm sick and tired of your emotional blackmail. All right. I'm sick I'm and tired saying, of this. This is the same Why man. Why do you always treat me this way, this Jordan? This is the same man who just assumes it's evil wizards controlling him in the night and hasn't even looked into the fact that it might be Hypnosis Dracula. I don't know <laughs> what a Hypnosis Dracula uses for its hypnosis, but I'm going to assume that it uses one of those red spirally things on the end of a pencil or something and twirls it. You are getting sleepy. You got it. You mm-hmm. got it. Brian knows what I'm talking about. And uh, and that's what puts you to sleep. But you know what? If you're a hypnosis Dracula, you're constantly losing those things. Mm-hmm. They're getting damaged during the course of your blood sucking and whatnot. Right. Um, I think it, your eyes just swirl around. But it helps you quit smoking. Jordan, 
<laughs> with power of suggestion. <laughs> Hypnosis Dracula doesn't hypnotize people so he can suck their blood. No. He sucks their blood normally, but on the side he does work as a hypnotist. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I will help you get over your fear of flying. Nicotine is a monkey on your back. Ah, 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 ah. Must... <laughs> now for my fee, some blood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am surprisingly... Helpful. Ah, ah, ah. Hypnosis Dracula. Uh, Hypnosis Dracula, you know where he gets those cards printed up? VGKids.com, Jordan. Yeah. Because they'll print anything, anything you can, anything you can screen print from your uh, T-shirts, of course. I mean, T-shirts are a central screen printing thing, and stickers are the, sort of the classics. That's mm-hmm. the classics. But they'll screen print business cards for you. They'll screen print stationery for you if you need stationery that's going to impress the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. I'd say try screen printing it. Um, if you're artsy, if you're in some kind of artsy business, and not only that, there's a discount. If I'm remembering correctly, it's ten percent. If uh, all you have to do is mention Jordan Jesse, go on that VGKids.com. They're sponsoring us all month, Jordan. I'm look. I'm not going to tell people that they're a fucking idiot if they don't use VGKids for all their printing needs. But the, that would be cruel. That would be that would be unnecessary. It would be accurate. It it's self-evident. <laughs> cruel, In my opinion, <laughs> I don't need to say it because it's self-evident. There's a discount on the table. These people do beautiful work. They'll print any goddamn thing from a business card to a Dracula hypnotizer. <laughs> Okay, you know what I mean? Like, that's just the facts, Jordan. That's just the facts. VGKids.com, our sponsor uh, this month on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And Brian Stack, uh, Captain Mystery. God damn it, Brian! <laughs> Fuck! Sorry, There's I forgot a little my something nickname. called a presentation. Brian, <laughs> I look. You're a successful character actor. You're a no. You're an acclaimed improviser. Uh, you're a, a tremendous writer who has to pitch his ideas in the room. Imagine that I'm not some asshole public radio slash podcast <laughs> host, and Jordan isn't some asshole field correspondent for Fuel TV slash public radio host slash guy in an upcoming Sandra Bullock movie. God, you guys hate yourselves. Um, imagine, <laughs> imagine that sitting before you right now are Mr. Conan O'Brien. Jordan, I'm going to let you be Conan O'Brien because yes. I'm I'm going to be Andy Richter. Now your job Can is. Can I to... be Shuverine? <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're you're Shuverine. Yes. It's fine. Um now you have to pitch to us this nickname and say it with all the commitment that you would say it when you were pitching that idea to Andy Richter and Shuverine. In 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 the real room I would be even more awkward and, and stammering. <laughs> Um, no, I'll do it with I'll do it with that show of shows kind of confidence. Yeah. Yes. yes that's all right, right, here it is. Okay. Brian Stick. Captain Mystery, what do you think? Oh, I fantastic. love it. Yeah, yeah, Stop the presses. Of, and Mel Brooks kind of charisma. I yeah. call, I'm the Russian <laughs> one from your show of shows. What's that guy called? Mel something or other? Oh, uh, God, I don't Arnold, remember. He's a Russian guy. And Jordan, you want to be Mel Brooks? You could be Mel Brooks. No, Shuverine. Have you ever watched... <laughs> That's all I want to be. Have you ever watched that PBS special about your show of shows where they all yeah. where it's like hosted by Billy Crystal? Yeah, only once. I don't remember much The only it, thing but... I really remember from that, besides that I like the Russian guy the best, um, was this part where they were talking about how Mel Brooks would always be late 
and fall asleep during meetings and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and how um, and how they he would always like dig himself out of a hole by like doing a routine for the rest of the writers. Oh, I believe it. And one was he had he had put all this tape on his face, like uh, scotch tape all over his face. And Carl Reiner, who was always his straight man, had been like, "Sir, what 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 happened to you? What what's going on here?" And, and Mel Brooks was like. The Nazis, the Nazis did this horrible thing to me. <laughs> and 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 Carl Reiner goes, the Nazis, the Nazis, uh, uh, you know, mutilated you and threw you here in this ditch. And Mel Brooks goes, no, they covered my face with tape. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I remember from that show. Oh, That's man. a good one. We got uh, telephone calls here uh, from people, young people around the world. Listen, I'm just going to explain this to Brian. Young people around the world love to listen to our program. They get inspired by the different things we're talking about, and uh, they're motivated to call in and share their life stories and experience. Um, and yeah. it's all the whole thing is we're just giving people alternatives to uh, drugs and the street culture. God bless you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very, very much. Okay, let's take a telephone call. I'm going to be honest with you. I made a track listing for this CD, and then I accidentally deleted it. So I don't know what the fuck is coming. <laughs> hey, Jordan, Jesse. This is Eric in North Carolina. Uh, I've been thinking about your drifter problem, or grifter problem, actually. And I really think the best solution is to invite him on the show. Um, if you're worried about getting shivved, you can invite another special guest or two, like perhaps the Sklar brothers. Um I'd love to hear Would You Rather with a grifter. And I think having Juanita on the program as well could really get to the heart of the problem. And I think that's the best thing to do. I hope this helps. Number one, that does not help. There's a problem going on in my life right now, which is there's this grifter, this short con man, uh, who's both literally physically short and running a short con. Uh, who has approached both Teresa and myself uh, in an effort to try and uh, grift from us. Small wow. amounts of money, $20, $40. Um, Repeatedly? Re both separately. Both of us separately. Wow. And recently he moved into our apartment building. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, he wow. apparently was living with a couple of other dudes who live here. Uh, we don't know what's going on. We kept seeing, seeing him in the lobby. Now, this is evidence of the fact that my life outside of these walls is falling apart, okay? <laughs> Completely falling apart. And I don't think, number one, this guy seems to think that it would be safe if the Sklar brothers were here. Now, the Sklar brothers are sports talk radio hosts, but these are not athletic men. They're fit, and they're quite funny, Yeah, certainly. Uh, they're, they're talented comics, um, but they're not... They, I let's. If he had said invite Lou Ferrigno on the show with right. you, if you're concerned, then maybe I would be because Lou Ferrigno, he's a strong man, yes. you know, Incredible Hulk. But there, he's trying. This guy is trying to tell me that all I have to do is invite the Sklar brothers here, and that'll solve my problem. I think he just wants the Scar Sklar brothers to come on the show and is willing to sacrifice your life to <laughs> yeah. see that happen. It would be a better show if the Sklar Brothers were the host <laughs> of the show. That would be a show. really good show. It would be Man, a good show. I can't wait to listen to that. I mean, if you've heard the Sklar Brothers sometimes when they're hosting like the Jim Rome show, it's better than when Jim Rome is hosting, certainly. Although that's a low standard. I don't know that uh, I don't know that I appreciate the assumption that this because this guy is grifting, he's carrying a knife. I feel like that was yeah. just a leap that was made. Of I feel like that's a stereotype yeah. against grifters. I didn't see any shivs in the movie, The Grifters. 
Yeah. He is. Look, I this guy and I understand each other. He knows that I'm a homosexual gentleman like him, uh, a gay gentleman. Excuse me, I believe were his exact words. I know that he's carrying a knife. <laughs> okay, that's just basic shit. Well, we know homosexuals carry knives. That's, I mean, and he's, that's well documented. He's not a stereotype. When I no. spoke with him, he self-identified as a gay gentleman no. like myself. Right, Those no, are really? exact direct quote. Gay gentleman like yourself. And what did he say to Teresa? Uh, gay gentleman like yourself. I think it's just his <laughs> standard pattern. He doesn't it's look just like a, a gentleman. It's just pattern that he's got, you know. And oh. he was saying it to a garbage can outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, something terrible happened to me again this week. Uh, a new terrible thing. I'm walking down the street, walking my dog in the middle of the afternoon. Uh, four women having a fucking knockdown, drag out fight on the sidewalk. Wow. We're swinging each other around by their hair and everything. What? That's cool. No, it was terrible. That's great. You it was terrible. Yeah, people pay good money to see that. It yeah. was. This was a. Te- this was terrible. <laughs> no, trust me, Jordan. Terrible. Yeah. I, I know. Sur- Real awful. No, no, no. Mm, yeah. It was terrible. No, it was Woo-hoo! scary. No, it was upsetting, Jordan. I was upset. Mm. I had okay. I did I I was there with my dog like I went up and I'm like come on come on you know because they're sort of like they're in that kind of phase where they're like locked together just slapping and hitting each other mm. and one girl has the other girl by her hair and that kind of thing and so I'm like come on don't don't do this you know like what the fuck like it's the middle of the afternoon you're standing on the sidewalk just just walk away just Wait till walk the fight away an you know? hour. You don't and do it in the middle of the afternoon it's you two, do it at dusk it's four it's two pairs of women fighting. So I don't feel like I can I could intervene. Like I I'm trying to like talk these people down, and I got my dog standing right next to me. So I'm like mm-hmm. I'm standing there because you're because it's upsetting, and I have mm-hmm. to like well I'm not gonna just walk past it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like okay, you guys just 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 let go, just like step like just walk away, just walk away, you know, just that kind of way that you you know try and talk to drunk people. You just say the same thing over and over. You know right. what I mean? And hope it works. And they're like no, and then. This like uh, this kind of cholo dude walks up to me. He's like, "Dude, you don't need to get involved in this." And I'm like, "I don't know." And I'm not trying to get involved. I just don't want people having a fight in the middle of a weekday afternoon <laughs> that aren't even drunk. They're just fighting, trying to hurt each other. And so I go into this uh, corner store right there. There's a corner store right there. It's like a dollar store type of situation. I go in. I'm like. You know, can can I use the phone? Uh, there's some people. There's some people having like a really serious fight outside. I just want to call the cops. And uh, the guy's like, "What?" And I'm like, "There's a fight going on outside. I want to use your phone so I can call the police because there's a serious fight going on. Like not a joke, laughing like one punch fight. Like a fight where people might really get hurt. And he he wouldn't let me use his phone to do it. Hmm. Would not let me call the cops." Didn't want to get involved, probably. Didn't want to yeah, get involved. Kind of... It's falling apart, Jordan. You got to buy something. You got to buy apart. something at the dollar store if you want to use <laughs> yeah. the phone. Oh, that was my mistake. I should have bought one of those little personal fans. I love those. Or some more finger puppets. Oh, these finger puppets add to these finger puppets I've already got. <laughs> yeah, they're very, very impressive finger puppets. Or a puppets. VHS copy of some Yu-Gi-Oh cartoons. Man, there are some <laughs> weird... popular dollar store the, item. The dollar store by my house has some of the strangest video cassettes on sale. And I think maybe on the only stranger thing is the DVDs. Uh, Dollar Store by my house has uh, the collector's edition of Reservoir Dogs, um, but it's like a it's like a box, a special box, like a metal box with with uh, shot glasses for each of the Mr. White, Mr. Pink, 
each of those characters from Reservoir Dogs for 99 cents. But you pick it up and you look at it and you're something is off about this box set. There's a beautiful packaging, beautiful shot glass, and you realize the movie in it is not Reservoir Dogs. The movie <laughs> in it is a documentary about the, is like one of those kind of like uh, 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 bootleg documentaries about the history of Death Row Records. <laughs> What? Like who packages this? Yeah, they, like did they just there. did they have an overrun <laughs> on one part of the box set? Like they they accidentally made too many sets of um shot you know, glass presentation shot glass presentation things. kits and metal metal tin storage boxes. Mm. And they're like, oh shit, we have this hole that's DVD sized. We got any other DVDs that seem appropriate to put in there? <laughs> like, I don't know about this fucking Death Row documentary. I bought a Clash CD once that had Billy Joel's The Nylon Curtain in it. <laughs> um, I was like, huh, this, I guess they're both on the same record company. Was it new? Was it like, <laughs> yeah, it was, oh it was my packaged. goodness. Wow. Oh was, my uh, gracious. And, uh,. Yeah, that that was the weirdest. It makes me want to buy. There's all these. Ken... But some of the later Clash work was kind of stylistically similar. Yeah, so very I, Allentown. You I, know, I kind of want to know what I would get if I bought like uh, Ken Griffey Jr. teaches you how to play baseball VHS cassette. Porno. Like, what's in there? Who knows? Filthy porno. Yeah, it's a good reason. It's <laughs> worth a dollar, right? Just roll the dice, see what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for ninety nine cents, the shot glass and the Death Row documentary sounds like a pretty good deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's four shot. It's a set of shot glasses. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good, yeah. right? Okay, next call. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Go. Uh, this is Jake from Chicago. Uh, I'm responding to the action item um, where you asked people to call in while they were doing an extreme sport. Um, so I'm currently biking to work. Sorry if it's a little windy on the microphone. And uh, it's not super extreme. Um, it's like seven miles from my home to my work, and I've been trying to bike to work every day this year. And uh, But last night it did rain um, on my way home, so I felt pretty hardcore uh, getting drenched, uh, but still riding my bike. All right, thanks. Love the show. Bye. Number one, I can't say this with absolute confidence. I'm not on jjgo.org typing in search terms, but I'm pretty sure that was never an action item. Calling during an extreme Calling sport. Calling during I remember an that extreme either. sport. Even if it was an action item, it was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. even, and if, even if it was a real action item, I think we can all agree that it was a somewhat ill-advised action item. If, if I declared that to be an action which is conceivable... It was a bad call on my part, <laughs> right? Like, I'm willing to take the blame for this. If it did happen, it was probably a lousy idea because wait, this is just a man who's just kind of out of breath. But it made me nostalgic for riding my bike in Chicago, so it, okay. it, oh, yeah. that's a good thing. It was ex you made, I, you extreme, really that. made you extremely <laughs> wistful. Yes, it did. So <laughs> it wasn't extreme, but it was. That's, that's sort of the secondary issue here. Yeah. Riding a number one, riding a bike is not an extreme sport. Maybe you could make an argument for mountain biking. You could make an argument for that kind of biking that you do, like on a ski slope, you know, down a ski slope where you ride the you ride the lift up and then you ride down on your bike. I think there's a reasonable argument to be made for that as an extreme sport. That kind of thing where you get dumped out of a helicopter and then ride down a mountain or something, that's probably an extreme sport. Maybe if you're riding through spikes or fire or doing jumps uh, or wheelies um, or vert grinds, 
that's probably an extreme sport. Probably if I was going to make a list of extreme sports, bicycle ones would be towards the bottom. And if I made a sub list of if from extreme to less extreme, probably biking to work would be towards the bottom of that list. Maybe he passes through like Latin King territory or something. Oh, sure. yeah, yeah. So maybe somewhere along the way, there are pockets of extremity. Possibly MS-13, the world's oh, most yeah. dangerous gang. Yes, yes. Just learned about them. Recently. Yeah, yeah. Well, we would need to know more about the route, is I think yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, like, can, it could get extreme in places. I'm, I'm gonna yeah, sug- you never know. I'm going to suggest as a slight alteration to that theory, which is that we don't need to know any more about this. <laughs> we just need to call the guy a jerk and move on. <laughs> Thanks. He's not a jerk. He's a no, probably like a nice man. Sounds like a good man to me. He doesn't he sound like a nice guy? Yes. He's biking to work. He's got a commitment to himself to bike to work. I'm not saying he's a bad person. No. I'm saying it's a bad call. That's okay. what I'm saying. Yeah. But thanks for the nostalgia trip. <laughs> hey, Jordan and Jesse. Uh, this is Alex from Michigan. Uh, I just wanted to call and let you guys know, momentous occasion. I uh, just got my heart broken. For the first time, I feel pretty shitty about it, frankly. But you know, I'm going to uh, I'm going to deal with it. And I I've really narrowed it down between one two ways: either I'm going to wallow in self pity or uh, have myself a nice one night stand. So uh, you know, your thoughts would be appreciated. Thanks, guys. This guy seems to be of the opinion that one night stand is something you can just kind of order out of the out of the LL Bean catalog <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Yeah, easier said than done, my friend. <laughs> I, uh, I, well, maybe he's got, you know, maybe 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 there was maybe it was one of those situations where, you know, there was always that gal or fella uh just kind of waiting for him to break up and then you know, he thinks he can kind of just he can pounce. Talking about Brian Stack? Brian Stack. <laughs> Brian Stack has been waiting. Always been ready to pounce. On Alex from Michigan. <laughs> I think that was the guy's name. Man, that's good That's good stuff, too, when, when Brian Stack comes to town. Yeah, comes to knocking. Mm-hmm. When you have a fleeting encounter with me... It, it changes your life. It, changes it, the trajectory really of your does. life. It, 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 there's a level of emptiness that most one-night stands can't produce. Right. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Did you know that? Um, uh, did you know that Einstein was a patent clerk before he slept with Brian Stack, and then he invented mm-hmm. the theory of relativity? I didn't even know that. I yeah, you forgot. So many you had physicists. So look back over the years. Clerks. So many. Yeah. Ugh. If I had a nickel for every patent clerk <laughs> I had a meaningless encounter with, it would be you'd be a rich man. Yes. Exactly. You'd, it would be hard for you to find a bank willing to exchange all those fucking nickels. That's true. You'd be called Nickel Brian. Many of them Buffalo nickels. Mm-hmm. I think that that's accurate for the time period. That anyway. <laughs> you, you know, I, I if I if, if it's not accurate, then I'm out. <laughs> I'm out of here. I want to be clear. I was yeah. on board for this whole run about you being a <laughs> patent clerk fucking uh, weirdo genius maker that yeah. gets a nickel every time he does something. But if this is not, if we were not talking about the correct stampings on the <laughs> sides of the nickels, then I'm done with this bullshit. Yep. Until then, it was a completely devoid of falsehood. What were you about to say, Jordan? I'm sorry. Oh, I... you know, I, I was gonna, I was gonna maybe, maybe take a stab at some legit advice. Okay. Um, now this might. I've never. I want to be clear here. I'm, I'm recusing myself on the basis of the fact that I've broken up with like. Three girls in my entire life, and it was all ten years all, ago. It's all, pre, it's all pre-college. Plus. Yeah, exactly. So go ahead, Jordan. Yeah, you know, I, I, this might, and this might even seem a little against character for me, but I'm gonna suggest 
no no fucking. I'm going to suggest the non-fuck option in this situation. Usually you would suggest a fuck fest. I usually yeah, usually <laughs> I would say like like yeah, usually I would say there's nothing a good fuck fest can't cure, but um <laughs> Um, you know, I, I feel yeah, like that's how even... I beat pneumonia last year, by the way, on your, upon your recommendation wow. of Fuckfest. Yeah. There you yeah. go. What did they say? Uh, feed a fever, Fuckfest a cold. <laughs> yeah. That's the old, that's the old <laughs> wives yeah, that's tale. That's my grandma always said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before she got hauled off to the mental institution. It was a surprisingly, I found it to be a surprisingly effective expectorant. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, and I, I it was good advice too that we I had a mentholated fuck fest. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, a lot of humidifiers in the room. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I, I you know, I think that a, a, it sounds like you, you know that the, the first the first time you ever you ever get dumped is just so tough, and and I, I will I, I I feel like I will attest to the fact that each progressive dumping gets uh gets easier until you know hopefully you get to a point where you can you know feel a little shitty and just accept the fact that like, you know, some relationships just don't work for whatever reason. And, you know, you'll both be happier in the long run. Um, do you have a problem is your, your dong is too big. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. That's for what you just way. say to yourself. You yeah. can't handle <laughs> your massive junk. <laughs> um, and you know, and I, I, I feel like, you know, there's this kind of, uh, there's this kind of, you know, ideal, very Dan Savagey one night stand where you can just be, you know, kind of a hip modern person and 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 realize that sex is just kind of that that can be emotional, but it can also just be a fun thing that is fun. But uh, you know, I I feel like there's always there's always there's always you know, no matter how cool and down every you know everybody seems, there's always like a little bit of emotion in that one night stand situation. There's always just a little, there's always just this little pocket of emotion. And I feel like now when you are feeling like, like, you know, turbo shit, you're, you know, that little emotional pocket probably won't do anybody any good. So I would suggest a creative project. Oh, like what? I don't know. Just maybe just decoupage. Yeah. Decoupage. Learn to do scrimshaw. (laughs) Just find (laughs) some uh... much more constructive. I wish I'd had you around when I'd go through that. Cause my, my tactic was usually, Get drunk and listen to Blood on the Tracks. <laughs> Real constructive. That's a creative project, in a way. Yeah. See I, how I, fast you can get drunk. I think a constructive project is so much more healthy. Is that why, Jordan, is that why you were always bringing me those uh, redwood sculptures, those redwood chainsaw sculptures of bears mm-hmm. yeah. earlier in our <laughs> lives? Just, yeah, it's just, I was just getting, When your romantic getting, life was getting, more unstable. dumped. That was all yeah. heartbreak residue. Mm-hmm. I yeah. get it. Yeah, no. Do some do some writing. That'll make you feel I good. Think that's great. I think that's great advice. Seriously. Hey Jordan, just to go. This is Magda and Rachel calling. So um, we had a bit of a predicament where um, some fellow crew members are going to make a movie, Bullfrog Montgomery, and um, there's two possible you, you know <laughs> scenarios of what's going to happen in it. And yeah. So yeah. the original scenario is that it's about a bullfrog who has a comb over. But when I originally heard this synopsis, I thought he said that it was about a bullfrog who carries a comb but mysteriously has no hair. And we can't decide. I mean, like, which is better? Which is better is the question here. Oh, gotta go. I should have asked, but okay, bye. I didn't understand. What are you talking about? Okay. Jordan, it's as simple as the nose on your face. 
Okay. Crew members? Well, crew on what? Are you they on a submarine? That They're would explain making... that loud siren. <laughs> They're making yeah, some crew, crew rowing team. They're making yeah, <laughs> probably yeah, it's probably that. They're rowing as as they made that call, which is yeah. extreme. They're making yeah, yeah. a movie called Bullfrog Montgomery. Who isn't? And but they're they, not wait, hold on. sure if, whether this a, movie is a, about. They're a crew. It's well, they're a One movie crew. But why do you not know what? Why do you not know what movie you're making? They haven't already? gotten the sides yet, Jordan. I would definitely see a movie about a frog with a comb over. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I would a, love to see that get made. There's two possibilities. There's a frog with a comb over, and then there's a frog that carries a comb, even though he quote unquote mysteriously has no hair. Now, I want to make it clear. <laughs> It is not a mystery. He does not have hair because he is a bullfrog. Bullfrogs do not have hair. They're amphibians. Right. Amphibians do not have hair. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start there and say the premise of the second one is, is, is flawed <laughs> because it's no mystery. The right. fact of the matter is bullfrogs don't have hair. So it's a mystery that he's carrying a comb, mm-hmm. but it is not a mystery that he doesn't have any hair. Unless he plays the comb as a musical instrument. Oh, yeah. In which case, he's a talented frog. <laughs> yeah. In which case, he should probably be uh, the uh, mascot for the WB. <laughs> exactly. Probably audition for that role. Sure. Um, I don't I... think they should make either one of these movies. Yeah. I would I say, I feel, like, I feel like Comb Over Frog is funnier. I don't know. It's just more, more unusual. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to have a hard time with their practical effects mm-hmm. with this Comb Over mm-hmm. Frog thing. I think they should go with uh, Hypnotist Vampires. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. We, I'm, I'm issuing that premise to them with swirl eyes. I'm throwing, I'm throwing it open. Anybody who wants to make a movie about Hypnotist Draculas is good as gold with yeah. me. Hypno Draculas. Although they don't necessarily need your permission. Yeah, they do. Do they? Well, I thought of it for one thing. Did you? I thought of think it. Not, think about real hard to the beginning of the show. I, I thought of it. Think I thought real hard. It wasn't Who a movie idea. Who said Hypnotist Draculas? You, you said Hypnotist Draculas, but I thought of it as a movie idea. I mean, no, let's say no, Brian. You got me Let's there. say Brian Stack said something about pancakes, and then I said I got a movie idea. It's about the world's tallest stack of pancakes. Who's thought of the movie? This guy. This guy. You're right. All Who's right. got two thumbs and just came up with a million-dollar idea? This guy. <laughs> hey, Jordan, Jesse Go. This is Mike, a.k.a. Mike Osaurus from Chicagoland. Um, I was watching television yesterday and uh, hoping that Jordan can address this as it involves him. I was watching television and saw a commercial for Chase the Bank, with whom I trust my finances. And in the very beginning of the commercial... A uh, man is purchasing his coffee by uh, not sliding but scanning his Chase debit card, and uh, he's at a coffee shop, and the barista who is helping him make this purchase looks either perplexed or slightly irritated, um, and I noticed that this mop-headed barista seems to either resemble or be identical to one Jordan Morris. I was wondering if it is, in fact, Jordan, because um, I didn't see that addressed on the boards at all, and if it is Jordan, uh, if he could kind of discuss a little bit of how that went down, um, you know, what kind of method he used to really get in character as the uh, irritated barista, and some tips on how one could look just as kind of irritated and perplexed as he did. I played this call for this reason. Okay. I want people out there to know that across America, there are young people with curly hair. These people are not Jordan Morris. Mm-hmm. They're usually not. Typically, it's not me. Yeah. 
more often than not, they're not you. Mm-hmm. This wasn't you, right? No, uh, I I don't uh, I, I don't have a commercial agent. Trying out for commercials is not something that I do. Uh, I have been in one commercial, uh, but it was uh, a a commercial only run in Southern California. It was for the local weather. Uh, it was for NBC 4s Fritz Coleman. Uh, I played a surfer dude asking him where the best waves were. I got a hundred dollars. Uh, <laughs> that's that's uh, if you searched for that on YouTube, that's up there. Um, but yeah, no, it w- was not me. But uh, yeah, I I I I do get the impression. I do feel like I see a lot of commercials where like dudes who kind of look like me are being annoyed or perplexed or overly enthusiastic about a product. Uh, so yeah, maybe it's, it's, maybe this is a little, little chunk of change I could be cashing in on. But we should clarify that you were in a Sandra Bullock movie. Yeah, I did. People keep emailing me, me, is Jordan in a Sandra Bullock movie? Which one? Uh, it's, it's not the one that is, uh, coming out soon. Uh, this is called All About Steve, and I have like five lines in it, maybe, if they didn't cut them. Uh, they're very easily to cut. I don't provide any exposition or anything like that. Uh, yeah. So, you're, but you're in, cool. he's Jordan's in the preview. Yeah, you, really, keep you can kind of see me in the in the in the top right corner. Plays in the That's film cool. with uh, Charlene Yee, correct? Sure. Charlene Yee, uh, uh, rocketing to stardom at, at this very moment. Uh, uh, yes. And despite also being in the movie, for some reason, I am not. Uh, yeah, don't know which is how weird. that works out. You would think that the catalyst yeah, would be yeah, Sandra yeah. Bullock, right? You, you would, yeah, I, I would guess so. Now, when you made this movie, the the co-star of the movie, Bradley Cooper, was not rocketing to stardom, which is why the movie hadn't come out over the past eighteen months or whatever. It yeah, was. but I think I think I think now it is coming out on September. It's sometime in early September. Okay. Uh, What's it called? That. Failure to launch two. Yeah, <laughs> it's called Matthew McConaughey the movie. And he's not in it, and it's weird. And I think that's going to hurt. A friend of mine was in that movie Surfer Dude. Oh yeah, I, I had to watch I, that. I had to watch that for for work. Uh, I, I haven't seen it yet. I, I, I'd like to see it. Um, I guess it went straight to DVD. It right? did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too bad. I was. I mean, it's, I it's see it one What is your What is your friend doing? It maybe I'll. I he would plays one of his surfer buddies. Uh, I think he said he has a mustache, and his name's Todd Stashwick. Okay. And uh, he told me when he got cast... His character's name or his real that's life his real name? name. And they that's just really assumed that he would actor, have a mustache. Very talented actor, another Chicago guy. Um, and uh, he's been in a... He played Mini Driver's brother on The Riches, that show, The Riches. I don't know if you saw Okay, it sure, He's sure. been in a lot of things, but... Um, yeah, anyway. I, I saw that. That was recommended to me on Netflix On Demand somehow. Mm. I'm really scraping the bottom of the barrel of the Netflix <laughs> On Demand. I've really seen what they got to offer. Yeah, and it's just that. starting to offer me just horrible, horrible things. And uh, <laughs> it offered me that, and I clicked on it because I remember Jordan saying he had to go see it. And a, a bad sign for a movie on Netflix is all the reviews that pop up as the most useful reviews are just about how much nudity there is in it. <laughs> yeah, it's basically yeah. it's it, it's it, yeah, it looks like it was just basically like I mean, in, in Matthew McConaughey was like a driving force behind this. He you know produced and co-wrote and kind of really mm-hmm. ushered this thing through, from what I understand. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can see why it's basically it's basically just. Uh, uh, little kind of dialogue bridges between party scenes where you see Matthew McConaughey making out with all sorts of exotic, beautiful women of various races. <laughs> okay. And then some kind of like thing. And then Willie Nelson's there and he has a goat. 
And, uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, Ted and people don't, was in it. People don't give enough credit to McConaughey. People give a lot of credit to McConaughey, sure, for his acting chops. Absolutely, for uh, his good looks. His winning smile. You don't hear enough about his, his, his writing skill. Right. And I think this guy is an updike for our generation. <laughs> Matthew yes. McConaughey. Yeah. And if, John Updike, if John Updike just wrote a bunch of excuses for him to uh, make out with a Cuban woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is Jason calling in from Columbia with a momentous occasion. I just saw a woman get shat upon by a bird. I'm looking out my office window. Um, she's far enough away to where I don't actually realize that it is a woman being shat upon by a bird until she says, ew, and then walks over into the grass and proceeds to wipe her head into the grass. <laughs> she wiped her head on the grass. Yeah, that's funny. That's the best part probably, right? Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> she put her head on the grass. really good. <laughs> it's hard to get your head down there. <laughs> Oh. Yep. <laughs> Next. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. It's Jeff from Long Island City. Uh, I'm calling for a momentous occasion. Just walking down the street and uh, had a kid ride up past me on a razor scooter wearing rollerblades, um, shouting to the kid sort of running behind him saying, don't ever fucking tell me I can't do anything. <laughs> and he tried to do a little bunny hop on the razor scooter and fell down and started crying. <laughs> he was wearing rollerblades riding a razor scooter. All right. That's an abundance of wheels. You know what? I'm giving this guy, I'm giving this kid that we I'm giving him uh, honorary membership in the Boner Society. Yeah. Because he is fulfilling his optimum potential by riding <laughs> Don't ever tell me I can't do anything. Ever. That's what he says. <laughs> Don't ever tell me I can't do anything. This kid can do anything if he puts his mind to it. He can ride two of the gayest modes of transportation at once. <laughs> hey, Jordan, Jesse. Um, I'm the guy who called in last week to say that I wasn't walking with my peers at the graduation for the theater arts major. I just found out that one of my classmates, a Jay Bruckman, was Jordan's girlfriend in high school. And that is my fucking momentous occasion. You know what? That Number one, that is not a momentous occasion because Jordan is a well-known international playboy. Oh, sure. I fucked my way across that whole high school. I can't be, I can't be expected to remember Jordan one. went to a big public high school in Southern California he fucked most of the women and many of the men. Sure. Um, and this guy thinks he's really special because... Oh, and one of the mascot outfits. <laughs> to be fair, I thought someone was in it. You did. And it, and it had... It was pretty good, too. As a, from what I remember you describing it to me. Surprisingly <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. It was top 25%, right? Lack, I think that's the word you said. The lack of response didn't trouble you? Or I, you know, I... The motionless... I was on mushrooms. I was on mushrooms. <laughs> Jordan, Jesse, I'm calling with a momentous occasion. I am sitting in a rental car in Minneapolis, and I've had this car about an hour, but I've only just opened the glove compartment, which was not cleaned out from the previous occupant. It contains some receipts from hardware stores, a Long John Silver's in Fort Worth, Texas, <laughs> some place in Iowa called the Come and Go, K-U-M and Go, it also contains a pair of lacy, size large, lavender women's underpants. Again, 
we're, when we when we say momentous occasions, we want things that are unusual to see. Everybody knows Jordan travels. Jordan travels all over the world for his job at Fuel TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, sometimes you're in the Midwest. I don't think it's a. I I I of course. Where would you go? You go to Long John Silver's. You go to the drive-through whorehouse. No, well, that, this is sorry. Sorry to correct you, Jesse. Okay, you I, find a lady. Right at uh, the whorehouse. The drive-through no, whorehouse. Just, you know, wherever at the hot lady bar. The come and go. You take her to Long John Silver's. Right. And uh, you know you stop you're, by you're, the whorehouse and you're, fuck her. You're barely you're barely out of the drive-through and the and the panties come off. Right. And then it's you the got to figure out popcorn shrimp is it is powerful it, aphrodisiac. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're a man who knows. Oh yeah. Oh, if you're looking yeah. to seal the deal, <laughs> popcorn shrimp. Keep that in mind, youngsters. Hello, this is Michael calling from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, with a momentous occasion. I'm at the Three Rivers Arts Festival here, and I just met Mr. McFeely, uh, the speedy delivery guy from uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and it was amazing. We took Polaroids, he signed, uh, signed a picture and gave me a card, so yeah, it felt pretty momentous to me. That is momentous. That, that really is sincerely is. momentous. Here I am talking shit about these other people who call in with these perfectly normal things. Um, and this man did something really magical. He met Mr. McFeely. But Jordan had a an encounter with Mr. McFeely as well, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. While I, uh... you were kind of going through all the people at your high school? Did, yeah, didn't yeah. did he slip in oh. there? Well, you know, what he did was he, he, he came to give an inspirational talk. He came to, like, you know, just talk to the talk to the kids about, you know, TV there and was something about and... There was something about... Uh, Polaroids of Mr. McFeely that sounded familiar to me, <laughs> mm-hmm. and now I remember it was. Yeah, you know, I just you know when when the kind of the Q and A part of the presentation mm-hmm. rolled around, I just raised my hand and I gave an unusually uh, I asked an unusually insightful question for a for a thirteen year old. Also unusually <laughs> sensual. Yeah, and uh, you know I kind of licked my lips when I did it. I wasn't really expecting anything to happen from it, but I kind of like thought it might. You like gave it one of those kind of LL Cool J kind of deals. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and uh, yeah, you know just. One thing led to another, and you know he was shaking hands afterwards, and I just, uh, you know, I I let him know that I didn't have a fifth period that day. And Jordan, you're sort of an MM Cool J or Mr. McFeely sure. loves Cool Jordan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I have that. Hey Jordan, hey Jesse, it's uh, Nick from Mooresville, North Carolina, and I got a story for you guys. Um, not too long ago, I was with my friends we were over at my buddy's house and we were all uh drinking 40s and i came up with a uh an idea that i was gonna fill up one of the 40 bottles with urine and sneak it into the fridge and hope somebody drank it so i proceeded to hammer down a couple of good old highlights build up some pee uh, Mm -hmm. got myself a little bit wasted urinated enough to fill one of the 40s, put it in the fridge, and uh, as it turns out, the joke worked, but uh, the joke ended up being on me. <laughs> um, I guess uh-huh. I should have maybe not drank as much, filled up with water, a little bit of water. <laughs> um, I don't know. Okay. He's really taking the wrong lessons from this. Yeah. <laughs> the lesson here... When you pee in a bottle, you la- label it somehow. Just give yourself a little 
A little right prank bottle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah with a sharpie. And then in parentheses, not a prank bottle. So then the person reading it goes, "Oh, okay, oh, okay." You got to bring him back around. Yeah, sort yeah, of. yeah. It's sort of that kind of thing. I was gonna. I mean, I was here. I was gonna suggest that maybe he shouldn't. Maybe it was karma biting him on the rear because he was trying to get someone else to drink it. But now that you have explained the system involving yeah, like, a prank a bottle, simple mistake. Yeah, parentheses, not a prank bottle. Right. Right. What so that makes a lot more sense to me. Good. Uh, fair enough. Okay, well, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And Brian Stack, Captain Mystery. That's better. Yeah, I he did it. the eyebrow thing, which you can't hear, admittedly. <laughs> he hid. He did do it. Did a great job. Mm-hmm. I thought, Brian, congratulations on doing such a great job. Thank you, sir. Um, he, he he sold it, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have to get used to having a nickname. It's it's new to me. It's great, but you're doing a great job, Brian. Yeah, thank Don't you, worry. Sir. We think you're. We just you'll think you're the You'll settle into knees, it Brian. in <laughs> no you. time. Pretty soon you'll be. Pretty soon you'll be getting hate mail from people that listen to you on the radio in New York. At least that's my experience. All right, I look forward to that. Um, At least you know you're having an impact. High, yeah. High people five contest. Listening. I want to mention the high five contest again. Uh, we had we talked to a lot of people at Max FunCon about the high five contest. High five oh nine is the thing to you. What you do is you upload your pictures of your high fives to Flickr. Tag them high five oh nine. There's bonus points for uh, celebrities, uh, past Jordan Jesse Go and Sound of Young America guests, uh, pets and animals, babies, in front of a monument. Those are your primary areas of uh, bonus points. Am I missing anything? Uh, I I don't think so. I think that's that sounds. You can't get you can't get more than one point for each combi- for each high five combo. In other words, you can't just go around with your high fiving your buddy in different places and get a, a point for every new place. Uh, you can only get one point for high fiving a different certain other people. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. so it has to be a different combination every time. Upload them to Flickr, tag them high five oh nine, and at some point we'll decide when the contest ends uh, and what the prizes are. I think I, I would also like to mention. I think we've mentioned this on our various, uh, you know, internet outlets, so the the Twitters and the message boards. But if, if for some reason people don't uh, keep up with us that way, um, a guy made a really really awesome Flash browser video game based on Jordan Jesse Go. Uh, it's it's really fun. It has a lot of cool inside jokes that I don't even get. <laughs> um, and we've, was, for, to be honest, we've forgotten most of what has transpired on this program. Yeah, and uh, and he he wrote a very funny script, and and Jesse and I did the voiceovers for it. Uh, Andy Daly plays a part. Uh, John Hodgman plays himself in it, and uh, it's it's just really fun, and it's just one of the cooler fan things that somebody's made. Almost for us, certainly the coolest. It's really it's fantastic. Very cool. It's a really fun game, uh, and it's just amazing. Wait, the guy's name is Dan Henrik. Mm-hmm. So thank you to Dan. I actually met Dan at Max FunCon this past yeah. weekend. I'm so it's such a wonderful thing. If you go to MaximumFun.org and click on Jordan Jesse Go, um, they're in those posts. I haven't let, uh, added it to the sidebar or anything yet because I honestly don't, can't, don't know how to change the layout on my website. <laughs> but it's in, the, it's in the top few posts on, on the Jordan Jesse Go page of uh, MaximumFun.org. You click on uh, Jordan Jesse, you click on Jordan Jesse Game. Uh, it is so much fun. And you plus you get, I mean, come on, Andy Daly. Oh, he's the best. He's the, he's the best he's that there the is. Best. John Hodgman as as Judge John Hodgman settling disputes via telephone in in the context of a fictional video game world. How Fantastic. can you beat that? 
aliens kidnapping my dog Coco. Don't give it all away. Okay, that's the premise of the game. <laughs> okay. Aliens kidnapping my dog Coco. That happens in the first cutscene. Right. Right. You don't even have to beat any levels to find out that that happens. Um, so it's a it's a lot of fun and a really awesome thing. Share it with your friends and whatnot. Um, it'll probably convince them to play to listen to Jordan Jesse go. No, it won't. <laughs> it'll at be all. confusing and odd. It'll but... just be very strange to them. <laughs> um, but maybe if they kind of like that kind of Super Mario type games, you can get in a hot tub with Ashcon mm-hmm. if you want to, and he'll sing to you. It's a great, a lot of fun, very fun game uh, to play. Thank you for mentioning that, Jordan. No I problem. Forgot that yes, we hadn't I mentioned that it, on the show. Uh, yes, I... And I'm going to be honest with you, uh, if you hadn't heard about that, why aren't you on the forums and why aren't you uh, subscribed to the Maximum Fun blog? I mean, that's another thing you really need to get on top of. Sure, just a you little reminder I mean? that we you're got... going to miss great things like the Jordan Jesse Go video game. We're running an ecosystem here, Jordan. Mm-hmm. It's not just this. And I also wanted to, on the subject of uh, meeting Dan Henrik, uh, we had uh, Max FunCon last weekend. You, we, last week's Jordan Jesse Go was the one that we recorded live at Max FunCon. I think that... You know, I had no idea what this was going to be like. I had never put on something like this before. We put on this event up in Lake Arrowhead with uh, a couple hundred uh, uh, listeners and enthusiasts and a lot of performers and then comedy shows and works, creativity workshops and stuff like that. Um, I really, I'm really been like the people that were there were so kind, happy and enthusiastic um, that, uh, I really felt like I didn't have to do anything. Like I felt like I could fuck everything up and it would be <laughs> fine because everybody there was so happy and so excited to meet each other and be friends and oh, great. Uh, give each other hugs and high fives. And I think maybe 10 people at this point have literally told me that it changed their lives wow. or that it was a highlight of their lives. And that is like amazing. And we're definitely doing it again next year. And I really, but the main thing I want to do is just thank all the people who came because everyone was so wonderful. Um, and it, just everyone came into it with just the most wonderful tone and attitude about having a great time up there. And it was just really amazing. I just really. Been there. <laughs> maybe next year, Brian. Maybe next year. Um, but yeah, so I just want to thank all those people. And yeah. J- Jordan, of course, uh, got super wasted. So he wants to thank all the people who gave him liquor. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm a boob. <laughs> um, I saw, I saw a Twitter, uh, I saw a Twitter from somebody saying, um, uh, uh, Jordan is, Jordan is asleep on the floor of my condo lay or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, Yeah. Anyway, Jordan had a great time. Yeah, he had a great time. Just had a fun. Everybody Good. was having a great time. You That's know what great. I mean? Everybody was having a great fucking time. That's why it's called Max Fun Con. That's what you hope for. Ah, two zero six nine eight four four fun is the number to call if you have a momentous occasion. You want to piece my life back together. You want to help Jordan with his energy drink addiction. Uh, anything you got a you got a question for Juanita for Judge John Hodgman two zero six nine eight four for fun the number to call uh you can email us at jjgo at maximumfun.org if you want to sponsor the show uh prices starting as low as 100 bucks for a personal announcement on jordan jesse go uh you can email me at jesse at maximumfun.org and our theme music is love you by the free design available on kites are fun the best of the free design from our friends at light in the attic records and i think that's about it right jordan yep Great show. Thank you so much, Brian, for being hey, here. Thanks for having me, guys. I think you should probably watch Brian's uh, writing on a little show called The Tonight Show, which you might have heard of. 
Uh, or you might catch Brian from time to time doing ASCAT at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater here in L.A. We'll see you next time on Jordan Jessica. <laughs>